I'm Jordan Hagedorn. And I'm John Kim. And this is Sneaker Salaries, a deep dive look at sneaker news and sneaker culture with insights from those that live the passion and the lifestyle of sneakers. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sneaker Salaries. I'm John Kim. And I'm Jordan Hagedorn. And today we're joined by Oscar Castillo. He's a photographer, content creator, and founder of Modern Notoriety, which is a, a men's sneaker culture, menswear culture blog. Um, Oscar, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you for having me, man. Good to see you again. Yeah. So Oscar, you know, we talked about how you're kind of a renaissance man. You got a lot of things, you know, you're working on and a lot of things you've done. Can you talk about your origin story growing up and kind of how you got into some of this stuff? My origin story starts uh, in El Salvador during the Civil War. Uh, me and my mother, you know, we were there while it was happening. Um, and in the early 90s, you know, that's when we came here. And immediately I just became enamored with like basketball culture. You know, early 90s, Chicago Bulls, you know, the whole the Jordan. And, you know, you guys already know, like growing up in Chicago, like in, especially like in the neighborhoods here, basketball was like everywhere whether it was, you know, in the street, whether it was like in the park, clothing, you know, starter jackets, like it was literally like everywhere. So I became very consumed by the aesthetic of like on court, off court, basketball, everything, you know? And yeah, man, then that's when my interest in sneakers started because going to public school here, everybody had Jordans, all the kids had Jordans. And um, my mom finally, you know, got me a pair. My first pair of Jordans were Shadow 10s. 94 and uh yeah ever since then man like it's it's been an obsession ever since when it comes to consuming that stuff you saw their kids with sneakers and you had all these other things but then you started to interact you got a pair of shoes at what point did that become a further obsession you had that pair of jordan 10s and then how did it snowball from there i became obsessed with the idea that we're wearing somebody's idea like when we're wearing you know jordan 11 or when we're when we're wearing just any sneaker right that was somebody's idea that they might have sketched during lunch one day you know what i mean like somebody was probably like running some errands and all of a sudden they saw something and they want they wrote it down and it contributed to you know ultimately the 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 last concept right so once i started to be obsessed with that idea i started to pay attention to more details than i ever had about footwear you know from the colorways to the materials to the patterns to the insoles everything 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 like spoke to me um, and in 2006 is when I decided to, you know, I just want to write about sneakers. Like <laughs> this is it for me. I think that, uh, the artistic side of shoes were, you know, it's someone's idea or was originally, you know, pen on paper before it was anything. I think that's something that a lot of sneaker heads have in common. I think in the early two thousands when, you know, sneaker culture boom was kind of exploding. Um, and it was beyond just, you know, air Jordans, you know, it was, all these collaborations where shops were putting these crazy ideas to shoes. So I think that's, that's that artistic side is something that kind of binds the sneaker community as well as, you know, the sports side and all that. And then that led you to 2006 where you said that's when you decided that you wanted to write about sneakers. And that's around the time where sneaker forums were really big. Right. So before we get into your career, like what were some of the, your favorite sneaker forums and do you have any memories of just kind of browsing through those? I was always Nike talk gang, bro. Like <laughs> it was always just Nike talk. Um, and you had your, like your uh, up-tempo air forums and you had like, you know, I think that Nike park existed around that time too, but Nike talk was like the go-to. I'm sure it was a go-to for you as well. Um, but that's when, you know, it was the first time that you're meeting other people that are into the same thing that you're into in a digital way. 
that was like my first discovery of actual like you know sneaker culture and sharing your pickups and trading and buying and selling with other sneakerheads on there you know and 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 getting information on what was coming out next and all this other stuff so nike talk was definitely it, it, it launched me for sure so how did that tie into you deciding to want to write about shoes so the number one thing that like just and, and i tell this to everyone was i wanted to put chicago sneaker culture on the map right you know, during that time, you know, so collector had its collaborations and its releases, like it had its, it's, it's the cowboy dunk and you know what I mean? Like that era, it was like city and city and city. And then you had the chamber of fear release, but there was barely any media coverage on those things that were happening in Chicago. Right. So I was like, you know what, man, I got my Olympia camera and I have my voice recorder. I, I want to be able to publish news on Chicago sneaker stores and what stuff looks like here because every other city was being represented, you know, and you could Google it and you can Google stores and you'd be able to find articles on them, but you couldn't find anything on Chicago. So little by little, I would go to stores and just, you know, get familiar with like the owners and interview them and ask them why they opened to here. And um, it was, it was an awesome experience because it, it was just mom and pop shops that people opened because they loved sneakers themselves. So, you know what I mean? And you can barely find that anymore these days. But it started with my, I think it was the first article that I did was, I think it was St. Alfred. It was such a long time ago, but I, I did one on like 20 stores in the city. And then I did also all the event coverage too. And that's when I would get my links and I would post them on Nike Talk. I, I used to write for a site called Sneaker Files. I don't know if they're still around, but at that time, that's that was like what I started with. And I would share the links and then, you know, people from the outside that always had um they were just curious on what Chicago sneaker culture was, got a chance to see like, yo, we got it. You know, we, we got to pop in here too. Yeah. So you had uh, the opportunity to write about sneakers and a lot of people start things to maybe make money or try to have a business out of it, but you did it out of the love to, to put. I just did it out of love, bro. Like I just did it out of love. Yeah, man. Like, like, like I loved sneakers so much, man. And, and I loved the idea of this culture just starting to brew that I didn't care if you paid me and like, shoelaces man i just loved doing it bro i got my recorder out and i got my you know when i published the articles and when i would see like you know just people's reactions like just in the comment section like damn i didn't know this was here damn this was here you know what i'm saying it just kind of made me feel so good about what i was doing because i was like giving it justice you know so when that grew then you continue to write about sneakers you continued to break stories and connect with different people at what point Obviously, it was gratifying, but at what point was it like, holy shit, this is going to be something? Oh, shit. I knew that, like, are you saying, are you asking me, like, like as far as, like, sneaker culture as the industry was going to be? Was, was well, be essentially, huge? you started writing about stuff out of the love, and it, you started getting some traction, some comments. People were getting excited about it. But then when it became a thing for you where you're like, this could be a business, this could be a thing I could grow, uh, I think there's more to even you know, this, than even just Chicago, this could expand for you personally as a business and, and as a passion. As a, okay. So as a business, as a business side for myself, because what, what I was doing to maintain, I was also like flipping sneakers too, you know, to make like, I wasn't like a reseller reseller, but you know, it's, it, 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 I stuck to that rule. Like you buy one, you stock one, right? So the stock one, it was like, you know, just a backup pair in case I had some financial hardships. So it was probably around that time when I flipped my first pair of sneakers. It was a, it was a, it was a pair of grapes. It was a pair of grapes that released on September thirtieth, two thousand six. It was that pair, and I flipped it for the. I, I sold something for the first time that I was passionate about, 
you know, and when I saw how the person that bought them from me, how he reacted, like he didn't even like, I just told him how much I wanted for it. And he didn't even hesitate. He was just like, here, he, you know what I'm saying? It's like, he, like, there was no dialogue in between. He just gave me the money. Didn't he, you know what I'm saying? Like, didn't even ask me if I could just like give him a homie price. Like that's when probably when I realized like this was going to be like a, a good thing for me to do. So, you know, you, you had some, you know, expensive experience with journalism. That's what you studied in college and you wrote for sneaker files and yes, they're still around. And I, uh, communicate with the, the guy who runs that site fairly regularly, you know, very professional, whatever. And then in 2010, you decided to branch out and start your own thing, which was Modern Notoriety. So can you talk a little bit yeah. about the name Modern Notoriety, what it means? Um, it doesn't sound like a very sneaker-centric name. So was there uh, a reason behind that or just the genesis of that name? Wow. So it's like the story is kind of long. But, you know, I my first job at a sneaker store was at a sneaker boutique called uh, Subconscious. And the reason why I got that job was because the owner saw me as an asset. Like this kid has a publishing platform, you know, sneaker files, and he could write about the products that we have and he can post about the new stuff that we're getting in. So, you know, it's one of the main reasons why I got hired, but also me knowing about just everything that they wanted to sell. Um, I had more knowledge about the product than they did. And you know, it, it got to it's, it, that era of Nike events started to kind of just like blossom. Right. So it, had, it was like Hispanic Heritage Month. It was like, you know, like the Black History Month had just kicked off and stuff. So, you know, they were getting invited to these events. And I remember getting into it with like uh, the, the manager, like, you know, me being a kid, like I was like 17 years old, bro. Who doesn't want to go to these like Nike events? You know what I mean? And the manager just kind of like sunned me and he was like, he says some 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 like West Side Chicago shit. Like when you get your weight up, you know, you can come to these events type shit like that. So in my head, I was like, damn, like I'm not doing as much as I need to do in order for me to be on on their, on these brands radar for me to get these invites, you know. So that's when like the whole like notoriety thing, like to kind of like to be known came about and modern. I just wanted to add like a current so just like a mash it with the current with the current times. So let me let me tell you uh, the time where. I think Modern Notoriety was first put on our radar as Sneaker News. And you know, it was founded in 2010. And in 2011 is when we started seeing all these photos of like unreleased Air Jordan samples just hitting the net. The one that really sticks out to me is the Black Cement 3, but in suede. All I remember is that it's the Black Cement 3. Instead of a yeah. tumbled leather upper, it had suede upper. And of course, across the photo was Modern Notoriety in these giant letters, you know. So yeah. after that, that was there was like you're leaking samples and all this stuff. So clearly you had some what what we thought was you had some relationship with some retailer who had who got their hands on samples. This is when sneaker uh, boutiques used to sell samples quietly. You know that doesn't happen anymore. But we figured, all right, this is some dude in Chicago who has some connection with a retailer. Can you talk a little bit about how that became like your identity for a short minute? Yeah, man, that was like a fun ass time. So. I had a friend who was a lawyer and this guy was like loaded, but he was into sneakers. So, you know, he was going to this one store that he would buy so much from that the store owner would say, Hey, look, there's some, here's some look, see samples of the Jordan brand, uh, the reps left here, just take them because he just bought so much. So he knew that you know, I was starting a sneaker blog or a sneaker streetwear blog. And he was like, Hey man, like, you know, I got these, uh, I got these samples. Um, you know, if you want, you could just take, you could take pictures of them just whenever you're done, just let me know. 
And, you know, this guy was also on Nike Talk too. Like he's like a super OG, like, you know, sneaker collector. Um, and Can you drop a name? Can you drop a name or no? I forgot his, uh, his username, but I remember that's how I met him. But yeah, and he just dropped off a bag of samples, dude. And like, I got so excited because I was like, you know, I'm just gonna take pictures of these and just, you know, and how I, how I was getting the traffic was, you know, at, at the time Nike Talk was still popping. So I would get the links and I would just post them in the general, in the, the Jordan brand, you know, um, uh, section. And I didn't realize at the time, like I didn't realize what I had, right? So, you know, there were, there was, there was a Snuggles McDougal, was it Snuggles, Snuggles McDougal? Snuggles McDougal. Snuggles McDougal. Snuggles McDougal. Yeah. So, it, you know, it was it like, like, you know, it was that era, right? So I, the samples that I would see in those photos, I had in my hands, but none of us really knew if they were dropping or not. They just had the sample tag and, you know, that was it. Fast forward to 2011 with that suede Air Jordan 3. That's when he was starting to get future releases. So still at the time, like, I didn't know, I, I didn't know what I had in my hand. I knew there were samples, but I just, I, I just, you know, I didn't know if, if they were releasing or not. It wasn't until I like jumped the gun and said they were just dropping, right? So, cause I, I, I didn't want to just like publish these photos, bro, and just not have any information behind it. So here's where, here, this is like a mind fuck, bro. And, and to this day, I, I truly believe that, and, and we all know Jordan brand and we all know like, you know, at the time, like a lot of, a lot of reps or a lot of people from specific brands would lurk the forums. They would definitely lurk the forums just to get some input or some insight of what people were going to be into. So Air Jordan 7 Bordeaux, I had the sample from 2002. Remember, there was a sample that was, you know, that was that was in a plastic bag. It's like it's like it's this, literally the same photo that every blog used. It was from a long time ago. Right. So I had that sample. I said they were dropping and lo and behold, they fucking dropped lightning fours. Do you remember that? The lightning fours 2012. I had the sample, had no idea they were dropping. I just had the sample from 2000, what, six, 2007, mm-hmm. that, that, that LS sample. I said they were dropping again, not knowing that they were going to drop and they dropped like it, it was, it was kind of like this pattern where like, dude, I'm making this shit up, but they're actually dropping. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, I was like on a streak. So then that's when I was able to get that reputation. Um, and then, yeah, man, it was just like back to back, like metallic, metallic fives from 2011, like, you know, like uh, uh, last shot, you know, 14s. It, it, it was just like this ongoing thing to the point, to the point where I was actually getting into it with other blog owners on Twitter because they were trying to call me out saying that like, you know, you're just making shit up to get traffic. You know, like I got into it with this one guy. Um, Japanese. And I got, I got into it with Matt Halfhill, right? And uh, like, I had these like catalog scans. Now, remember at that time, catalog scans were like there were it was like catalog scans in general were available everywhere bro you can find them on the forums Mm -hmm. if you had a homie that worked at a store like they had like a booklet you know what i'm saying like like it was like physically available and i had scans of what was dropping you know in 2011 and i literally put like i put the modern notoriety like watermark on it but i still got called and i still got called out on it but it was you know black cement threes that were that dropped january 2011 I had leaked this catalog scan in 2010, December. So I'm being called out and, you know, I'm being told like, you know, like, stop lying. These aren't coming out, blah, 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 blah. And then Air Randy and Marquis Soul start dropping, 
you know, Black Cement 3 replicas, usually, usually that's an indication of like the stuff actually really dropping. But then once those photos started to come out is when like the backlash of like the readers, like, why are you calling them out? You see they're dropping, you know, like, 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 you know, and it made him look bad because, it, you know, we were being called out. And usually like when, we're, when we get called out on social, we never respond. I mean, it's just, it's the internet, bro. Like it's like, it's like, a, you know, it's like, it's whatever. Um, and like the universe set it up to like, the, you know, the fans were responding to him calling us out. So it made us look good in the end because we weren't lying. We, we had the catalog scan and we had the, you know, we had the samples, we had the catalog scan and boom, they finally dropped. So yeah, for, 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 for a long period, we were, you know, at that time, I think for, for, up until 2012 the jordan brand reps were leaving the samples with the store owners and that that era ended like in 2013. so for those two or three years man like it was a good start for us because we had the photos you know we knew where to post our links and this is pre-social media this is pre like i think instagram was probably still in beta you know we were using twitter here and there but the thing was facebook page like that was like the first social like count your followers type you know and then another one was the the the, the Concord Eleven man, two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven. I had gotten a pair from two thousand one. It was a sample pair. It was, but it was from two thousand one. At the time, I was working at another sneaker store, and what I did was, and this was like the very beginning of two thousand eleven. And remember that shoe dropped December two thousand eleven. I got a Jordan, right? I would think it was like a Jordan, random Jordan six. I switched the insoles and put them inside. <laughs> the fucking concord bro <laughs> and then like everybody was going nuts like yo concord 11s you know whatever whatever and then boom bro me and again i didn't have any idea that those concord 11s were going to drop in december i just saw the sample and i just said you know what let's fucking like let's throw a monkey wrench you know like like let's get people excited and i just took a, a the insole from the air jordan 6 and i put it inside of the concord 11 man and then um they eventually dropped <laughs> so yeah, it was it was it was it was the universe, bro. Yeah, let me just add a little bit more context. I think it's uh it's worth noting that from like oh nine to two thousand twelve ish, the pre Instagram age, I guess you could say, when it comes to like the sneaker blog scene, you know, it was a it was like the Wild West. It really was. I mean, there was sneaker was. news, there was modern notoriety, but then there was Soul Collector, complex sneakers, nice kicks, kicks on fire, sneaker this, sneaker that, the shoe game, S- kicks in the city, the shoe gate, the shoe game. Shout out to G Rock, who just had a kid. Um. There's so many out there. And then, you know, after that specific year, which you mentioned, 2012 is when Jordan Brand, I guess, buttoned up and they stopped dropping these like early samples or whatever, is when the, they started working closer with the blogs. And I think that's really where, you know, I think we all knew that everyone who worked at the brands were lurking forums and also reading the blogs because it was free market research for them. And that's probably why they dropped, you know, you know the the black cement threes or whatever samples after this and after whatever samples that you leaked or whatever. But you know it was such a different era back then. Just talking us talking about it ten years ago, it only puts a smile on my face because that's when it was like really like fun. Because it's like it was you, fun, bro. Nobody knew anything. Nobody knew anything, and I tell this to everybody, and I I will put up an argument until the day that I die. That sneaker blogs were the original PR agencies for the sneaker. Absolutely. We did. We sold so many pairs of shoes for these brands, bro. It's so fucking like we built the hype. We created the hype. We made we made this shit cool. Nobody would know about sneakers if it wasn't for us. 
because you have to understand like not everyone is going to go to a mom and pop shop and talk shit with the store owners to see what what was dropping right so like it, it is only so many sneaker heads that are going to do that and we were doing it on such a global scale that whenever you know somebody would google a pair of shoes they would find it on sneaker news they would find it on like you know all these all these different sneaker sites and it's funny like going back to what you said about how it was the wild west it was an information race right so like it was like okay sneaker news posted it first uh you know nice kicks posted it first or uh, you know uh, mn posted it first but the adrenaline and excitement chasing after that like wanting to be first was so exciting bro because it was like bro we're fucking like it we're was breaking news it's breaking yeah, but, news but, but we're having fun fucking doing it you know like yeah. like like it was such a vibe just fucking yeah. doing this shit um but now you know but going going back to what i said about you know sneaker blogs being like the original like pr agencies you know like at that time espn the nba and every other organization that is putting emphasis on sneaker culture didn't care about what athletes were wearing they did not give a fuck and now that's all they care about kicks on court didn't exist you know nba kicks didn't exist the influence and the fire that sneaker blogs started as an industry, like, and, and, it, and it sucks because I, I never feel like we'll ever get credit for it. But if you take sneaker blogs out of the equation, this industry would be stale. Like it would be st- like NBA 2K wouldn't, you know, like, 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 like things like that, like to ch- change your sneakers and all that other stuff. Like, like, like none of that would exist, man. And um, we were the ones doing coverage. You know, we were the ones that were writing about, you know, sneakers that celebrities were wearing, that athletes were wearing um and we were putting the word out there man like no no not even like the news the news was talking about you know what i'm saying like like they only talked about like a new it was sneaker culture was published on the news like if there was someone a riot. was dying if someone was exactly. dying or someone got shot or something happened yeah exactly bro yeah. exactly so you know I, I i'll always believe that and i'm glad you agree with me too <laughs> oh Totally. Well, John, John is the head of the biggest sneaker blog on the planet. I mean, I, I'll look at this from a, from a sneaker fan standpoint, you know, we all grew up loving sneakers as kids and, you know, we, we consume Nike talk and soul collector, which was ISS at the time. And, you know, all these magazines and kicks magazine and slam magazine, all those things, Uh, Oscar, you make a great point. I mean, it's something where it's super interesting how not only impact back then, you know, back then they were PR companies. But now you're talking about Soul Collector has 2 million followers. Nice Kicks has 4 million. Complex has 8 million. Sneaker News has 9.7 million. I mean, if you truly know sneakers, I always kind of measure that based on people that work at brands when I talk to them about sneakers. If they truly know the industry, they know how much influence comes with these sneaker blogs. And they're not little sneaker blogs anymore. These are super influential companies that have really not just built the buzz and energy, but shared the information. Where can I get those? How much are they? Where can I get the best deal? Who's wearing these? Who's talking about these, you know, Kanye and, and Travis Scott and all these things. So it's, it's super interesting. I think you were somebody who broke ground. Sneaker news certainly has broke ground over the years. And now what's next? I mean, I'm curious from your end, you know, you're, you've been in this industry for a while now you've seen it evolve so much. What do you think that looks like here going into the future? I could tell you what I hope for. Um, I, I really want to see footwear brands actually you know realizing these these guys have been the pr agencies for us instead of spending money on agencies to reach out to us to tell the consumer something they could just reach out directly to us you know what i mean like 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 it's it's crazy like i'm the brand and this person's a third-party agency 
for the only for this third party agency to reach out to us to tell us about what we built to tell us about how to communicate product to tell us what pictures to post you know what i'm saying like it's crazy and, and again we we birthed the the whole concept of delivering the news to the readers like that's what we've been doing and i would love for like you know a nike or a puma or an adidas to actually have these partnerships with these blogs and for us to get paid you know what i'm saying like 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 the way that they you know pay agencies to reach out to us like that's such a waste of money like you're just telling us to tell them what we were going to tell them to tell the fans in the first place or tell the readers yeah. in the first place it's an unnecessary middleman for sure it's super interesting you make a great point i mean I respect everybody who works at a brand. There's a lot of great people, a lot of knowledgeable people, but I would argue that there's a lot of guys like us that work in the sneaker industry for these blogs and, and kind of these quote unquote underground places when it comes to corporate America that a lot of times we know more about their brand than they do. And 100%. they work there. They're in the doors. Going back to what John said, like he said, like the amount of pairs that have been sold collectively pushing this news out it's probably astronomical and we'll never know that number, but <laughs> just, just, just sometimes when we're bored at sneaker news, sometimes we're like, you know what, let's just sell more of these shoes for them. And we mm. specifically target a shoe. We post the hell out of it. We talk about a comeback. And now, for example, I'm just going to say what shoot is the forum high, the 84, the white blue pair that just dropped. No one cared about the forum. They launched it terribly with some weird, like Beyonce collaboration. I mean, that shoe has so much history, but, Anyway, we decided, you know what, let's talk about the 84 making a comeback. Let's give it a couple of dope Instagram posts. And every store sold out of it. I mean, that's the only, that's the only shoe that Adidas dropped that wasn't a Yeezy that may have sold out this year, which is crazy to think about. So it's like, sometimes it's like, we have to kind of go through that again and just see, hey, can yeah. you know, we know we, we know we have this influence. But going back to your point about how the sneaker media ecosystem works, I totally agree that there are people at the brands who definitely value us, but at the same time, the whole ecosystem is a little bit clogged with, you know, agencies stepping in and them just kind of taking the shoes in a weird direction and, you know, all the power to them. It's, I've seen some really, really interesting and creative stuff. I've seen some stuff that has been huge misses and may have even hurt the shoes campaign. Um, but speaking of like direct partnerships, like I think over the last couple of years, you have been the, I think the official photographer and record for Adidas basketball, right? Is that correct? I wouldn't say official, like, like, like I, I'd say like they would hit me for, they just trust me with like product visuals mm -hmm. and um, how that whole thing started. And this goes back to the whole like, agency thing. Like when we're blogging, right. We want dope ass photos. We want to be able to use photography that somebody created in order for those links to be clicked. We were getting content from agencies that were creating it thinking that it was going to work and most of the time it didn't it was a, it was it, it like bro like to, to shoot sneakers you just have to have the eye for it the passion for it and to know it and a lot of this content was being done by people that weren't any of that and that's when i was like man like somebody that's genuinely into sneakers should be able to create the content for these sneaker brands and there was this, you know, at the time, you know, when 2015, 2016, when it saw like that boom, where, you know, everyone started posting, you know, their own photos on their own sneaker photos on uh, Instagram, and, you know, people were being a little bit more creative. Uh, I was just shooting stuff that, you know, brands were sending me and, you know, like, what I was doing, like, uh, retailers were fucking with it, right? 
So then I got reached out to by finish line and said, Hey, like, you know, we're launching this digital program. We would like for you to be one of our content creators. And they would send me a pair and then I would shoot it and they would, they, they loved it. And one of the guys that worked there who, who works at Adidas basketball now was familiar with my work. And it was like, man, you know what? Like we need this look for our product. Prior to me coming in, all they had was like digital imagery that like didn't really serve the product any justice. Like you want to see it, like, if, if, for example, like if it's a basketball shoot, you want to be able to see it worn, how it looks on foot. You want to be able to see the detail, not like this huge CGI, like silhouette with like a bunch of like, you know, just Photoshop designs around it. Like sometimes they can become very overwhelming and really unappealing. So um, yeah, he went, ended up going to Adidas and was like, man, we need this look for our product. And you know, ever since then, it's been, it's been really, really, really dope um, with them. And, uh, you know, I've also done stuff with Puma and I've done stuff with, you know, obviously with still with Finish Line with JD Sports, but I've always wanted to make sure that whatever pair of shoes it was, storytelling is crucial. Like we were storytelling by describing a pair of sneakers without us even realizing it. Like Air Force One Highs, you know, Bobitos, you know, Beef and Broccoli. Like that's storytelling or like, you know, Bobito Air Force One High, like, you know, mac and cheese, that's storytelling. So when we're calling these colorways their names, that's storytelling. So what are we going to do to put emphasis on what this sneaker means and what inspired this sneaker? So that's, was, that, well, that was my mission to be able to serve what I love justice, you know? Yeah. I mean, so far you've done a great job and uh, I'm sure the future will be bright, you know? So we always talk about advice for younger people people trying to get in the industry and trying to figure out how to make it in sneakers. You've done a great job telling your story and following your passion. So do you have any advice for people trying to break in how to make money in sneakers, how to grind it out, how to kind of get to the forefront of what, what it, what you've done? Make sure you love it before you step into it, man. Uh, I think we live in an era right now um, where people are getting into things because they see it work for the next person without having any passion about it. Um, and and it's like a trend that I that I see, uh, especially with like like the whole like the TikTok generation, and and you know when expensive clothing comes into play, and you know this person bought this uh, for validation. Now this other person sees the validation that the other person is getting, so they fall into that. So now they feel like they need the same thing in order for them to be validated, right? Yeah, just just make sure that you love it before you get into it, man, because the worst thing that you can probably feel. Uh, pursuing something that you're not genuinely into is regret, right? So Instagram flex culture is very real. You know, it's gone to a point where I think people kind of just at these days, like kind of lost individuality, you know, because everybody is going after the same thing and that's validation. I think that's actually a pretty interesting point because like, let's say you never made any money doing modern notoriety. I, made, I, I never made any money doing sneakers. I would never have viewed it as a waste of time because you can look back at all the work that you've done, all the photos that you've taken, all the pages and pages of history. And, and even this, like we have, you and I could spend, or the three of us could spend hours just talking about Jordans, right? I mean, that's just, that's just the truth of it because we, we love it and we were very fortunate enough to be able to make a living off of it, you know? So uh, yeah, it's pretty crowded right now. There's so many photographers out there. There are a lot of writers out there who want to crack into it. So the, the real key is that you got to love it, right? I mean, you have to love it at the end of the day because if someone just told me one day like, hey, well, sorry, Instagram shut down forever. The internet doesn't exist. We can't pay you anymore. I'm like, okay, cool. I still love sneakers though. You know, I'm still going to try to buy them tomorrow. You know what I mean? So um, 
you know, you've managed to take your love of, you know, storytelling with photography and writing and your love of sneakers together, you know, what's been like the proudest thing that you've accomplished so far? And what do you think helped you achieve that? Um, man, like probably have activations for brands in Chicago. And I have a series called Through the Lens. And what this series is, it's a part of my passion, but I'm sharing it with the creative community in Chicago. So I love shooting footwear and we have these relationships with these brands. So what, ha what, what happens if I curate 20 photographers, I give them a pair each, and then we create a gallery out of their art where you can see 20 different perspectives of that same pair of shoes. And the first one that we did was with Nike in 2015 for Air Max Day. And it was the first time where I was like talking to Nike in Chicago and they actually gave me a budget to do this. And at the time I didn't realize like what was happening. I was just so focused on making sure like this shit was like really, really dope. And it was man. And, and then we did one with um, Reebok when they first opened their, their, their flagship store here in Chicago when it was, when it, when it first opened. Um, we did one, we did one with Adidas, uh, Adidas soccer. Um, Adidas originals was our last one that we did at, um, during complex con weekend. And when I see how it evolved to us, going from that Nike yoga studio that they had given us to do the original event, the first event to renting out like venues where people are getting married. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like big ass, like warehouses and shit. And like just seeing like how many people came through that was probably like, holy shit. Like, man, like I could do this shit. Like it was, you know, and you see me, like how you see me, how I move on social media, but like, I'm very, I'm a very quiet person. I don't, I don't, I just never like been like a, like a clout chaser, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I just been always like, just, you know, been, I just kind of, I've been to myself. I don't know why, um, but I see what you can do organically without having to go crazy chasing clout, mm -hmm. you know, and you do it silently. And then, you know, that you, you, this flower just blossoms and like those big ass events happen and thousands of people show up to just to be, just to attend. And like, that's probably one of the biggest pat on the backs for myself. I mean, I, I got to give you your props on that. I mean, in, in the span of 10 years to go from, realizing that this is something that you want to do to doing direct activations with the brands themselves. I mean, not many people out there can say that they've accomplished that. So I'm really proud of you, man, for real. Thank you, bro. I appreciate yeah. that, man. Thank you. So Oscar to, to close, you know, you've done a lot of great things in the industry. It sounds like the, the future is bright and, and obviously you're going to keep, you know, putting the hammer down here on the sneaker world and, and kind of the culture. Uh, so do you have any last words for everybody? You know, we, we've followed your journey. It's been amazing. It's been fun listening to the history, pretty much you and John giving the history of Nike talk, which is, which is always fun. <laughs> uh, but any parting words for anybody listening, that's trying to kind of get in the sneaker world or, or anybody brands or anybody who's listening. Last thing I want to say, uh, it's, it's go, it goes back to, um, what I said earlier about, you know, just make sure that you're passionate about this before getting into it. Um, if, if, if you're doing it for the money, you're already lost. If you genuinely don't have any desire to understand product, product and, you know, product education and knowing the origins of certain things and, you know, just understanding how this whole entire industry or where it birthed or how it birthed, if those aren't your interests, then you kind of already lost. Just be true. <laughs> like the, like the pack. I mean, I think we can definitely all agree with that. And, you know, all the guests that we've had on this podcast so far have kind of voiced the same thing. It's like, you really got to love it. You really got to know it. And from there, you know, 
getting paid for something is about hard work. It's not about how much you love something, really. So you got to combine all those things, and you know you've definitely done that. Um, so yeah, you know we appreciate you coming on and sharing some stories. It was, it's always fun to talk about Nike Talk, and I always love a, a Snuggles McDougal shout out. So um, again, you know, thanks for coming on, man. And uh, you know, we know you're gonna kill it for the next ten years, man. I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you, brother. So that's it for this week's episode of Sneaker Salaries. But let's keep the conversation going online on our social media channels. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sneaker Salaries and hit us with a DM or a tweet. You can follow me personally on Instagram at John B-E-E-J Kim. And you can follow me on Instagram at Jordan Hagedorn. We'd love to hear your feedback. And if there's a topic you want us to tackle or a guest you want us to have on, you can reach out to us at sneakersalariespod at gmail.com. If you like the episode, feel free to share it with your friends and help spread the word. And please show us some love by leaving a five-star rating and positive review so we can grow this podcast. Sneaker Salaries is a sneakernews.com and 137 p.m. partnership and a Gallery Media Group original production.